Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, Fidel Curry Lee here. So can we all agree that mental health is okay to discuss and doesn't have to be so taboo? Life throws curveballs at us on a daily, and the least we can do is cater to the relationship that we have with ourselves. So catch a new episode of my podcast, Because Life, every Wednesday to hear me and a mental health professional go there. As we dive deep, be vulnerable, probably cry, and definitely laugh to discuss issues we all battle that become part of our mental health journey. Look, I get it. Life is hard, but talking about it together can make it a little bit easier. Tune in every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead, all the way from Turkey. And I managed to get my really good friend, super excited about this, Dorinda Medley, who is sat in, where are you, Dorinda? Bluestone Manor in the Berkshires, which you have to come to. I can't believe you haven't been here Saying yet. It, I'm dying to go. It looks beautiful. But we've just been catching up before the show, which is annoying. We had a podcast before the podcast. Honestly, you keep coming out with these one-liners. I'm like, stop, stop. I want this on the show. What was it we were just talking about women in general? I said, I said, you know, it's beautiful. There's nothing more beautiful than a woman that is like a phoenix from the dust. When she rises from the dust, when she goes through something difficult. And that's when you really see what a woman's made of. Like, you know, we've all gotten older. All the things that maybe we valued so much when we were younger and thought that they were the only you know, maybe worth we have when you go through something, obviously you're younger than me, and then you rise from it like a phoenix. The power in that, the confidence in that, it's it's a very joyful thing because what happens is too, and I was just going to say this before you said, uh, don't say it, but you really see clearly who loved you and who stood by you. My, my mother said something when I was going through a terribly difficult time. She said, you know, everybody hangs on the cross at some point. No one gets away without being put on the cross to suffer. But what you must do during that time is get through and see who comes visit you. Because some people will come visit you, some people will abandon you, and other people will come to burn the cross down. And it's such a learning curve because now I can look back and say, huh, 
you tend to, you know, really see clearly who really loves you, who cares for you and who has your back. And that has huge value in it. And I'm sure the same thing happened to you. Oh, Dorinda, this year has been actually, it was very weird. You know how in your iPhone, I don't know, you have the faces, you know, of the most featured people in your life. And it's so weird. I was looking the other day and I'm crossing them off going gone, gone. And I was going, oh my God, I've crossed off most of these faces. And I was like, shit, you know, I must be a horrible person. And actually I'm like, I'm not a horrible person. I'm a really nice person. And I feel really hard done by. And it's actually, you're absolutely right. I see clearer. I see through bullshit and I tolerate less bullshit. And I don't want, I want less friends. And, you know, we're all there for each other if we ever need each other. But, you know, it doesn't, we don't need to sort of, call each other every day well no what's beautiful about true friendships you cannot speak for weeks months even a year and you just pick up where you left off because you're on a journey together it's called life it's not about this daily talk of course you always have people in your life that you just seem to check in on every day and that's one thing but i can sometimes not speak to you for three months and we kind of just pick i mean we just did it we came on and we were doing a podcast you're like hold on hold on we gotta stop and that's a gift that's a beautiful gift and you know what? I'm so happy you trimmed all the fat out of your life. You, you've been through a lot this year, the last couple of years. And we tend to get focused on that. But the, look at all the great you've, that's happened in your life. Like, turn it up. Like, you're more joyful, I think, now than you've ever been. You're free. Yes, I'm free. And I, I feel younger than I did. And, you know, I feel lighter than I did. And, you know, I actually haven't spoken to you since you've broken up and moved on and done all these things and you look very happy too by the way oh thank you i think that life has a funny way of just working itself out and when you give in to life you sort of get the life you want and so many people don't let go they hold on it is one of the things i talk about in my book which i'm gonna hold up there it is isn't that a pretty color oh, oh we'll have this make it nice that's the hello and that's the goodbye august 17th august 17th so for everybody i say something in the book that that addresses that, which is, I find it very frustrating when I talk to women, especially after they've gone through divorce or death or whatever, or just getting older, life changes, and they get stuck in the past. Everything is about the past, what they once did, who they once knew, what they once had. And they waste so much time that it gets themselves stuck and it doesn't allow them to open up so many new things. Like I look at this part of my life so differently than a lot of women. I'm like, wait a second. I don't answer to anybody. I've raised a beautiful daughter. I can come and go as I please. I've created some financial freedom for myself. I'm in a really good spot. Like the opportunities are endless. I could be on this earth another, I pray to God, 30 years. Can you imagine what I can do with that? See, you remind me of me. And what I love about you, Dorinda, and please don't take this offensively, is of what I just said to you, is that you and I are not supermodels. We are not. You know, and I think that's very important. And I want to address that because some people go, well, she got it because she's, you know, look at her. She's, you know, Irina Shayk or whatever, you know, and, and I can never be her. I'm sorry. You and I are the girl next door. We are, you know, we're pretty, but we're not like, you know, we're not going to stop buses. But we have charisma. But we have charisma and we have confidence. And what I think that this is, and I've said it before on, on the shows, confidence is everything. You can get whatever you want. I've been up. I've had money. As you know, Dorinda, this year has been financially devastating for me, but that's okay. 
but your love bank account was full. And how many people thought that that wouldn't work out? And that's okay, you know, and, and we're allowed to choose our different paths. But the point is, these women that say, I can't, I'm not pretty enough. I don't, I'm not thin like she is. I can't represent this brand because I'm not this person. Uh, screw that. Women tend to do that. They come from a place of no. And, and I, I see it also too when I'm dealing in business and dealing in stuff, especially a lot of stuff after Richard died. When someone would speak to me about something or speak to me about, well, in a way I didn't like, I'd say, would they have spoken to Richard like that? Like, you have to become powerful. Women go in and they tend to think, I hope, maybe. I just go in there and assume it's yes. No is just a harder form of yes for me. I pretend it's yes before I go in. I'm like, of course they're going to take me. I mean, Hannah always says, you're so cocky. I'm like, well, that's what it takes. You have to, and I'm not cocky, but I'm confident. I know I'm up for the job. I wouldn't put myself in a position that I couldn't do. I hope I'm self-aware enough to know that there's certain things. I'm not going to be a bikini model, okay? That's not going to happen. But I do know when it comes to branding or representing a band, brand or ambassadorship or selling or teaching or giving advice, I know I'm good at it. You have to be tough. I mean, they won't mind me saying because I have a great relationship with my shoe brand owner now. But when he came in, he signed me, I think one year or two years, he was like, you know, and I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to build the brand with you. And then, you know, then you have money for Gigi Hadid. And I've gone through the crap with you. And we had a good laugh about it, whatever. And he's a really good friend now. Well, it's so funny because I was having dinner with someone the other night doing a business deal. And they said to me, he said, oh, God, I thought that we were friends. I said, oh, outside of business, we're friends. But don't confuse the two. We're talking about business right now. We can share champagne and kiki later, but this is business. You're no different than Citibank to me. I don't go to my ATM and say, please, please, please give me $1,000. No, this is transactional. And then we'll get on with the, with the friendship after it. And let me tell you, when I was going through my own things, you learn if you can pick up the phone. And most people, it doesn't matter if it's for you know any reason, don't want to pick up the phone when you're in need. So you understand very pretty fucking fast that the only person in life you can rely on is you. And actually, I want to go back. So Dorinda, obviously, you, you were, you've been widowed. Were you divorced before? I've been divorced. I've been a single mom. I was remarried and widowed. So I have covered it all. Right. And so you've got to here. So this is where I wanted to go. So there you are. You could be completely fucking knocked down by life because you've been dealt, you know, you, you divorced a man. And then the man you really love sadly passed away, which isn't a choice. Correct. Which is, can you believe he's dead this year? 10 years? No. 10 years? My best girlfriend, her, her husband passed away too. And she always says, you know, it, it, it's not like divorce. It's not a choice. And he's not walking back through that door. No, and people don't understand too. Like people are like, oh, I think grief is such a unique thing. And in a weird way, a wonderful gift because it gives you just a different set of eyes. And it makes you very appreciative for the time you had with the person because you have to value that. If say, I'm so happy I had that time. But I said to someone the other day, grief is like something that you grow around. It's not like it shrinks. You just grow bigger around it. It's still there, but you get yourself strong enough that it doesn't, you know, dominate you. You know, in the beginning, you're like, you're all around this grief and you're this, but you have to keep growing. So it stays there as a wonderful, loving memory, but you get, you have to keep growing. My mother said to me, who's tough as nails, she said, He's dead, not you. Oh, that's a good one. That's true. It was almost like a snap out of it. Well, she goes, what are you going to do now? You're going to keep it up? Like this crying and regret and anger. And what are you going to do? Sit around and then what? Because he's dead. 
That's he's not coming back. Now, what are you going to do with your time on this earth? And people do that with divorce. So many of my friends, they can't stop talking about their divorce. In some cases, the person, the other person has moved on, remarried and is happy. I'm happy. My first husband's happy with his wife. I would be sad if he were miserable. We chose to get divorced. We raised a beautiful daughter together. He is my friend. He was one of the few people that was by my side when Richard died. Can you imagine? No, that's amazing. I don't regret a minute of being married to him. I don't regret ever divorcing him. Tell everybody the story. So you were married how long? Why did you get divorced? We got married and I moved to London. Uh, we got married in 1991 and we were together for about 10 years and we just fell out of love. It just didn't work. We got married very young. It's not that we were young in age, we were young mentally and we went into investment banking in London and I grew differently than he grew. And we just realized we weren't meant to be life partners anymore, but we had this wonderful child, Hannah. So we really focused on, I remember Ralph said to me one day, we're getting divorced, not Hannah. We had an open door policy and we've remained very close friends, very good co-parents. Can't lie. I mean, was I thrilled when he got remarried at first? No, because there's always the natural instinct of jealousy and being replaced. You can't help yourself. But she was a wonderful stepmother to Hannah. They're still very close. And then, you know, I was single for about five, seven years that I met Richard. You know, I was married to Richard for six years. And then unfortunately he passed away. I, and that one was a tough one because I really thought I'd fucking figured it out. I'm like, Dorinda Lynch, you have figured it out. You... Hannah's going to go to college next year. We are going to travel. I have a man that loves me. He, we're great partners in life. He provides a beautiful life for me. A year later, he's dead. And Hannah goes to college. So it was like every label. They were like, motherhood label? <laughs> You're done with that? Wife label? <laughs> You're done with that? And I was like, here, here I am now again. How did this happen? I'm 46 years old and... I felt a little labelless. So tell me, when, when you found yourself widowed at 46, financially, how had he left you? You know, because a lot of people, uh, I think the, one of the number one things in life for, for women who try to move on is, you know, they get held back with the, the finances. And as I've just said, I, I've been up, you've been down. Did it hit you or he left you financially stable? You know what hit me is that for the first time with Richard, after being a single mom and getting divorced and all this in the New York, I really leaned into him in ways that I hadn't almost taken with Ralph. I really let him be my husband and I was really his wife. And I got used to it and I liked it. Like for the first time in my life, I had someone that sort of took care of me. I don't mean just financially, but I remember one of the things that really hit me with the first, <laughs> I'm going to cry about it. It's okay. The first winter he was away, he would always Say, hey, what? It would drive me crazy. When are, when are we leaving? When are we driving back to New York? I say, I don't know, 20 minutes. And he'd run out and heat the car up because he hated for me to be in a cold car. And I remember when it got really cold because he died in November and I went to the car and it was freezing. And I was like, oh, that's right. No one's heating up my car anymore. So I kind of lost the first time they heat up my car for me in all ways. And that was hard because I just felt very lonely. And and I kind of really knew and people are like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm not an easy person to get to know. I'm, I know a lot of people, but I mean, really deeply know and love. Like I get very committed, very fast. I'm very monogamous, always have been. I knew that I was going to be alone for a while because I just didn't think I'd be able to give that much again. And that was, you know, I had to come to terms with that. And now I'm so in involved in my work. And I think of all, I was just thinking last night how proud Richard would be of me of just not only keeping this house, not only keeping it, but as beautiful as he did, 
my work, my book, my different adventures. He would just, I don't even know if he would know me. I don't know if he'd know this, Dorinda. So let's take a little break from the show and discuss your vacay. CheapCaribbean.com has been around for over 20 years and is in the business of providing the best all-inclusive beach vacations. Now, for anyone with a big family like I have, this is the answer to your prayers. Sergio and I did this this summer and it's absolutely genius because there are no hidden surprises at the end of the holiday. All-inclusive beach vacations mean that you can eat as much food as you like, which was when you've got tons of children like I do, and they all want to eat at different times and eat different things. There's no way to control the spending. This is amazing. You can drink as much as you like and non-alcoholic beverages as well. And the beach and night activities are all included when you book at cheapcaribbean.com. All-inclusive means you get more food, more drinks, and more fun. Having the activities included on a holiday is absolutely genius. So you can let the kids out in the morning and they can come back at night having totally worn themselves out. Cheap Caribbean has no change fees when you book at Cheap Caribbean Resort and add trip protection so you can book with confidence. And we've all been turned away at the airport lately. So honestly, I would definitely book with this. Less money, less worry, more beach. Right now, you can take $100 off your next beach vacay when you visit CheapCaribbean.com slash Divorce Not Dead. We'll see you on the beach. Happy holidaying. Somebody just wrote to me today going, I'm watching Ladies of London. And she goes, wow, talk about growth. I don't recognize the woman I'm watching on screen. And I love both Carolines. And I think that's what's so amazing. And I, I, you know, I said one of the last words my ex-husband said to me was, now you will fly. I think he knew too, really. And I think, you know, with Richard still being here, you wouldn't have been the woman you are today. No, no, I would have been Mrs. Bethy. And I love that job. And I was very good at it. But imagine if I sat down with Richard now, I'd be like, guess what? Like I was thinking the other day, how funny things are. He was in the military and the military asked me to go speak for 4th of July. He would be like, you're at the military speaker. I was in the, he was a huge writer. I'm now an author. If I told Richard Medley, I wrote a book. I said to Richard Medley once, Hey, you know, I'm such an interesting person. Maybe I should write a book. He said, you get distracted by a butterfly. Don't write. You're a great storyteller. Writing's not your thing. And he was right because I, I am a little bit ADD. I just launched a bourbon line. I did this thing with Nutrisystem. I'm doing this partnership with Airbnb. It's like, he wouldn't know who this person was. I know everything about my finances. I know everything about my collaborations. I read through my legal agreements like a vulture. I can pick up the thing. Like I am tuned in, turned on, and no one ain't going to get any shit. And that's a little worrisome because I think for me, it's probably going to be hard to invite someone into that. It's going to have to take the right person. You that that's what pulled you you guys apart, you and John? Yeah, you know, John and I, it's so funny, I just talked to John last night. I don't really get rid of people in my life. It's not, never been my MO. You know, when I take someone on and I love them, and I always think that's a positive. You're like that too. The people that are important to me, they have friends in their life for a long time. They have real relationships. It scares me a little bit when I see people that have a lot of transient relationships. You know what I mean? So I talked to John last night. John had his place in time. John was part of my life when I needed that to be part of my life. He was fun. He reminded me of my Italian grandfather. He liked to dance. 
I don't regret my time with John. I had a great time. John, that helped you through a period of time, too. Oh, I was actually thinking about the other day, God, we had some really fun nights, and I mean fun nights, you know, and our sex life was great. And, you know, I, I've always, I said to him last night, maybe I should just come and revisit. I haven't had sex for so long. Maybe we should just have sex again. He's like, oh, okay. Why not? I mean, at your age, our age, whatever. I think the, the rule books that there were have just simply gone. And what's acceptable, and you're right, there's something comforting. And John's, a, he's a fun, great human. I enjoy John. He's generous. John brought me back to where, you know, I grew up very ethnic. I'm Italian and Polish. He's Armenian. This all fits. We like to eat. We like to dance. We like to talk with our hands. We like to laugh. One of the first dates he took me on, I'll never forget it. He said, I'm going to invite you to this wedding. It was at this castle that they literally, I'll never forget it. It was this couple from Queens. And I'm standing there in like a beautiful, I'll never forget it, black Christian Dior jacket. And, um, out comes the bride in a thing of blue and pink smoke with the whole sort of Queens look and people are laughing and dancing. It was like a good old fashioned ethnic wedding. And I hadn't gone to a fun wedding like that in a hundred years. And I was like, I'm going to lean into this. So John was, John was great. I just think the next person, if I'm lucky enough to meet someone again, I think I need to have a really strong partnership because there's not a lot of room in my life for anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm busy and I don't want to be too busy for love. I want to be open to it. When I told you about Sergio, not for one minute, one second, one, like anything, did you judge me? No, of course not. You you know, you love who you love and you were happy. I just want you to be happy. I remember when you walked into STK with him, you, you were like beaming. It's like the cat that swallowed the mouse. You were beaming here. You were beaming. And I said to Luke, Oh, well, she's in love. That one's gone. <laughs> no, and it, it's true. And, you you know, I love that about you. And I think I have, uh, you know, I have a great group of friends who've been married me for a very long time. And the ones that you're right, that they fall by the wayside, the ones that just, you know, well, you know, when you leave, a, you know, a show like you have or I have, the ones that want to ride your coattails when you're at the top and not of the same ones that like, and, you know, you never know in life. I take everybody at face value. I like I like everybody until I don't. You know what they say in life? On that climb up the mountain, you have a full car ride. Going down, there's usually less passengers. Isn't that true? Yeah. They ride up. Everybody's in the car with you. They want to be part. When you get to the top, when you ride down, everyone's like, oh, I'm not going. No, I'm, I'm out of the car. Usually, you know, sometimes you have to ride down the mountain alone. Yeah, but you should ride down the mountain. And then when you come back up, they're not going to be in your car. And that's what's really funny because people like you. And there is the lesson. We do not give up. I've lost jobs. I've lost money. I've had money. I've lost it again. I've lost things that I thought I wouldn't lose. And I've lost friends that I honestly thought I wouldn't lose. And, you know, on the way, and this year has been particularly hard for me, this, you know, really, really hard in my personal life and in, you know, things like this and changing and the transient, just so many things with the kids and financial stuff and everything that, you know, I just think it really made me sieve through the shit. You know what the thing is too, there's a beautiful stillness in that time where you really have time to take you really take stock and, and, you, and you realize it doesn't really matter. Like I would say one foot in front of the other, whatever someone says to me, what do I do now? How do I get, don't look at the mountain. Just look at what's in front of you today, but move forward. I don't care if it's an inch. I don't care if it's a foot, just move forward. My mother said to me one morning, you're going to get up every day. Now you're going to wash your face and you're going to take a walk. And that's where we're going to start. And the walk turned into a run, turned into a sprint. You know what I mean? 
I say it in my book, I said, we love to write our own book. We think we know the last chapter. We got to figure it out. But the truth is our life is like a book. Haven't you ever read a book or watched a movie and, and you're like, I had no idea that was going to happen. It's kind of interesting. And that's what you have, you have to be open to maybe where your life changing and maybe the end chapter is going to look different than you expected. And how great is that? If someone said to you, Caroline, 10 years ago, you are going to be with this wonderful man sitting in Turkey right now, madly in love. You would have been like, what are you talking about? This is my life. thousand percent. You know, what's funny is I think in my head, as we all do, we dream about different lives at some point. I mean, I had this ridiculous vision of this gorgeous man who loved me passionately and I, I manifested him. Just, I should have just manifested him a little older. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because he doesn't seem to mind. No, and mentally I'm very immature, let's face it. So um, very much. yes, it works. We've got younger. And the funny thing is, you know, when we were more judgmental, probably when we were in our twenties and thirties than when we are. I was an old person and I was looking at pictures of myself in London when I just had had Hannah. I'm only like 27, 28, and I'm in a Chanel jacket with an Irma scarf. And, and I, I threw it all right. I look, it's like, who are you? What we, it was like a young girl playing house, having dinner parties, making sure everything's sent out. I have no interest in any of that. I'm so happy I did it. I'm so happy I experienced it. But I was an older person in my 20s and 30s than I am now. Uh, me too. And I, I wanted different things. I was like, you know, watching polo and I was dressed in Chanel. I wouldn't wear anything else. And look at all this China I have now, the, the fancy Hermes China, the Bernadeau China, the this China. What a waste of money. <laughs> what a fucking waste of money. What about my hand? I had 27 Birkins, I think, crocodiles. And like, now I can barely put my myself through God knows what. I'm hilarious. But actually... Actually, look at you and me. Okay, so look, I don't think you've hit the bottom like I did quite, but you, you know, you definitely had to sort of put you in yourself up. I was heartbroken when they put me on pause last year. Heartbroken because I consider myself, I'm not the person that loses. You don't fire people like Dwayne Matthew. I mean, I'm the woman that won, you know, employee of the month 13 times at Friendly's Ice Cream. Like that's that, I'm that person. I'm so competitive. I'm such a hard worker. I have to do everything to perfection. And I work like an ass. So I was really like, what? Because I consider myself one of the racehorses, right? And again, not to quote my mother, Diane Cal, but my, I was sitting in my mother's kitchen, right? All it's so funny. Anytime I, I travel all over the world, I do all kinds of things. Where do I always end up when things go bad? Back in my mother's kitchen with her with her miracle gloves. She goes, you know, if you knew then what you know now. You're going to thank these people. You're going to write them a thank you note because I think this is the best thing that ever happened. Now you can really go out there and create something. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. My life is over. Yeah, and then it did. You really can thank all of these things. I love my life, good or bad. I'm going to ask you a question. Someone asked me this yesterday. It's a good question. They said, what do you value? As you are today, what do you value? Think about that. I'll tell you, the, the thing that money can't buy, and I really thought about it, the most valuable thing as a woman we can buy, and you just said it before and you didn't even know you said it, freedom. I said I value, of course, I said the obvious, my family, my health, my mental health. Mm -hmm. I'm so appreciative because I see so many women that are sort of like 
get themselves crazy and they usually feel it. I value my freedom and I value peace. I really don't want chaos in my life anymore. No. The thing is, I, I, you know, and why I put, put freedom more than, you know, not more than my family, yeah. but at the top is because if you're free to make the choices, I'm free to make my choices for my family, for my children. And yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I said it's the obvious. We all know that's what it is. Freedom for a woman is there is no one. I was thinking about this last night, talked to my friend Tim. For the first time, I, I don't look in, like, I used to think, oh, I wish I could be, I wish I could be, why can't I do that? I don't really envy anyone. Like, I'm happy with my life. Like, I don't think I trade my life with anybody's right now. No. I'm really just content with my life. That's amazing, isn't it? And I feel the same way. And I, you know, I have really rich girlfriends. I watch them and I, I still don't want their life. Isn't that funny? And you think you do. And that's what, you know, people get so caught up with watching social media in our lives. And you don't want somebody else. You want to build your own life. You take, you take, you can take, you know, inspiration from people. And I love to inspire women and so do you. But I, you know, I don't want to inspire women to, you know, want everything I have. I, I want to encourage you not to give up, but, you know, to say to you that, you know, yearning for some, to be somewhere else is a horrible place to be. Terrible. And, and the thing that's a wonderful feeling too, when you make your own money and you have a little bit of financial freedom and stuff, you don't need a lot, like a hundred or a thousand dollars of money you make is almost as satisfying as $100,000 of someone else's you're using. I don't know. Like, I find it so powerful to earn my money. There's just incredible satisfaction in having, building, like, my own financial security, like, and owning my life and being able to navigate it in the way I do and have control of it and not have it. I just find it incredible. I think that, I, th I think you're right. I think freedom for a woman is an incredible gift, an incredible gift. And women, you take a smart woman that has some freedom that is strong and watch out, watch out. Because women with no power that, that, that don't have any, they're still great. They still manage to raise children and go forth. A woman with a little power, a little freedom, watch out. And, and also, you know, pushed into a corner. When you're pushed into a corner and you watch a woman with a little power and freedom and half of Oh, you know, you better watch out and move the fuck over. That's right. I think we're doing a good job, you and I. Yeah, I think we are. And I think that we, yes, this bullshit that we're too old. We're not too old. No one's too old. No, we are not. So I think none of us are too old to get going. We are just beginning. And I think you feel that way. And again, with the knockback that you've had, you could have felt like, well, that's it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving up and I'm not, but you're not. And you have your book launch. So many things coming. We can't wait to see what Dorinda did next. We know it's going to be big. I cannot wait to see you. I love you. And I thank you. And I'm going to send you one of my books. Who do I make it out to, Mr. and Mrs.? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Sergio and Caroline, thank you. Anyway, everyone, let's keep making it nice. One step at a time. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action.